We try not to be too casual around here, but that's a tough act to follow, Nick and Robert. I feel like I should just sit down again. So thank you very much for that, choir and Nick and Robert. Today, it's a great joy for us at St. James to welcome once again those who organize the annual Caravana celebrations, and thank you both for a beautiful job in reading tonight as well. Unless you are fully indigenous to this country, you are an immigrant. Have you ever really thought about it? I know that for many who come from another country, it's very difficult to settle in, very difficult to fit in. And people can be cruel. I know it's not easy to be judged for the color of your skin in a new community, or perhaps the sound of your voice, your accent, Maybe it's the way you walk. Maybe it's your sexuality. Maybe it's the side of the tracks that you grew up on or live in now. All of those things can make it quite difficult for people to feel like they belong, to, for people to feel like they are accepted for people to feel like they can be judged for who they are and not for any of those other things that I just listed. Today we remember many of those who have come to Canada from the Caribbean. My aunt and uncle wore the shoe on the other foot. They moved to Jamaica from Nova Scotia and they didn't find it that easy to fit in either when they moved there. And over the course of my ministry, I've had many Caribbeans, so good sources of rum and sorrel and jerk chicken and all those other delicious things, rum punch, hint, hint. And I have had several white Caribbean folk in my congregations who have been told, well, you're not a real West Indian because of the color of your skin. And all I can say about all of that is what a bunch of foolishness. It has nothing to do with the way that God sees us. I was reading an article by someone named Debbie Thomas. She is of Indian descent, and she can remember her parents when they moved from India, trying to settle into the United States. I'm just going to read you a little bit about what she says. I was two months old when my parents left their native India to begin a new life in the United States. Like many immigrants, they came to America in the hope of securing a better future for themselves and their children. But also like many immigrants, they struggled for decades after their arrival to accept themselves as, themselves as hyphenated people, people who live in the liminal and often lonely spaces between homelands, identities, 
and cultures. I had no words for such complexities when I was little, but I sensed my parents' restlessness all the same. Their passionate desire to belong, combined with the fierce need to stand apart. Their yearning for a safe place to call home. Their, the torn, divided gaze that marked them as foreigners, glancing backwards in nostalgia while straining forwards in hope. Their will to shape a life worthy of the sacrifices, losses, hurts, and challenges that came with immigration. Their tireless conviction that more and better was not only a possibility, but a promise. I bet many of us tonight have felt that way, feeling like we don't quite belong. And I love the term she used, uses, hyphenated people. It's becoming more popular to be a hyphenated person, isn't it? Ancestry.ca. You know, you can send in some of your cheek tissue and find out where you came from. So you can call yourself an African Canadian, or a French Canadian, or an Indo Canadian, or an Italian Canadian, or a Croatian Canadian, and on and on and on. Maybe you're lucky enough to have more than one hyphen. In my own family tree, I have a lot of Acadian stock. The French who arrived in Canada before the English and then were driven out in the 1700s by the English. My own grandfather disowned his mother and wouldn't call her his mother because she was Acadian. So I know some of the struggles that people who feel different feel. But I want to say this, along with the words of Jesus. Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, Jesus isn't talking about racial and cultural differences when he says that. He's talking about the very worries that we face each day. You know, don't worry about what you have to wear or what you're going to drink or what you're going to eat. Consider the lilies of the field, etc., etc., etc. But I think as people of God, we need to think about those words of our Lord when it comes to differences in culture and background and sexuality and intelligence and ability. Differences of any kind, really. We need to know who we are. We need to know where we stand. We need to seek first, strive for God's kingdom, our understanding of who we are before God, and then let that inform everything else. All these things will be added to you as well, is how Jesus puts it. Who we are is summed up in one word, and a hyphenated author who died last week in the United States, Toni Morrison, 
beloved. That's who you are. And don't forget it. Beloved. You may look in the mirror and think, not good enough. You may think, broken. You may think, not gifted enough. You may think, sinner, with an obstacle I just can't seem to push past. You may think of all those names and taunts and sticks and rocks that have piled against your back over the years. And Jesus has come to set you free from every single one of those things. To help you see that in his eyes, you are worth more to him than his very life. And that in God's eyes, you are his beloved child of God, no hyphens at all. That's who we all are, regardless of everything else. God's beloved children, that God desires deeply to be in relationship with, to commune with, to live with, now and into eternity. Don't forget it, beloved. Amen.